podcast world what's up chad belding back at you another episode of this life ain't for everybody podcast thank you so much for all of the support all the ratings all the reviews that you're leaving us the uh the outreach has been awesome hopefully you're still loving the diversity in our guests our themes our topics we have some awesome guests coming up today we are coming at you from a remote location we're not in our reno nevada based studio we are coming at you from paris texas the home the headquarters of bodyguard bumpers today's episode is brought to you by our friends and family at Bodyguard Bumpers. You can check them out at BodyguardBumpers.com for all of your bumper needs for any truck, Dodge, Chevy, Ford, Jeep. You can also look at their side steps, their replacement steps, the other accessories that they make for all of those before mentioned trucks and Jeeps. BodyguardBumpers.com, American made in the great state of Texas. They say everything's bigger in Texas. These guys have an awesome business, an awesome story, the entrepreneurial spirit of America, what it takes to derive an idea, what it takes to nurture that idea, what it takes to compound that idea, create momentum, create that snowball effect that be, creates a national brand 2% of brands um, survive the infancy stage when you're trying to build a national brand it is a lot harder than it looks to develop a brand and build a brand it's uh, some people want to stay in their backyard but to reach out and cover the masses it takes a lot of ingenuity a lot of tenacity and that's what we're going to discuss today it's not just another product it's not just something that somebody can look at and go oh we can knock that off or we can come up with that on our own this is a brand that was an idea of grant malicote and he started building them as a hobby in 1998 and then in 2000 he launched the brand of bodyguard bumpers and a few years later he met his lovely bride kelly who has now helped him take this awesome brand and company to the next level so please help me introduce and welcome our guest today grant and kelly mellicote the founders and owners of bodyguard bumpers thank you all so much for being here Absolutely. I feel like a howdy is in order. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> howdy. <laughs> yeah, how's it going? Glad to be here. This is awesome. And I kind of I kind of paused when I was talking about, you know, that infancy stage and surviving. Um, I don't know if survival is the right word, but a lot of times it feels like it is because um, in today's world where it's so easy to reach instant gratification, you go online, you go on Instagram, everybody's happy, everybody's smiling, everybody has... Um, what looks to be got it whipped, right? Nobody's sad. Nobody's depressed. Yep. Nobody's lonely. Nobody's struggling. Nobody's stressed. There's no anxiety Yep. with what y'all do. I am sure it's safe to say that things have changed with the growth of this brand and this company to where it's a 24 hour, seven days a week job. For sure. And I want to talk about that today because you guys are raising a family. You're, you're, building a brand that's taken off and it's grown into a giant and that's a lot harder to do than it sounds. And I want to get into that today because it's very respectful for what you guys have done. I'm very proud to be associated with the brand and to see how far you've come in just the four years I've known you, not alone those days of the early days of what we're going to get into back in 2000. So bodyguard bumpers is 100% American made. It is. Made right here in Paris, Texas. Um, all all in-house, all production. We take raw materials start to finish all the way through final product and shipped out our freight dock. Really? So you're actually taking 
is it a software program in CAD that you have actual computer guys here in the office that are designing this stuff? You're helping them, Grant and Kelly, with different specifications to go on to these different designs. Of We'll talk about the different bumpers in a, in a little bit, but they're actually designing it in the software program yep. and then sending that to the different machines that we'll talk about as well. Everything is done here. There's nothing that's done outside of here. That's correct. Everything is done here in, in our shop here in Paris. Paris, Start Texas. To finish. Yep. yep. Start to finish. And is it always been in Paris, Texas? Um, always in Paris or the, in the area of Paris. We've been in Tiger Town, where we where I was born and raised. Um, but a few years ago, we moved to ran out of room in the, uh, in the original shop and moved here to Paris. Where is Paris? So uh, it's going to be in the northeast part of Texas, uh, northeast of Dallas, about two hours up on the Oklahoma border. So very far northeast Texas. I'm sure you couldn't probably pick that up in our accent or anything. So it's it's, uh, <laughs> it's a very rich in a lot of different areas here. We're here for a different part of the culture of this area, which is the hunting, the waterfowl right. hunting. But there's a lot it, driving around. It seems like there's a lot of companies here that are in this area that are building you know and fabricating a lot of different products is that safe to say that is it is there's a lot of industry in this area it's kind of a blue collar area you've got uh, several different manufacturers pj trailers this is the home of pj trailers uh, you've got load trail trailers lamar trailers maxi trailers um, and then a lot of industry like Campbell Soup is actually here. All of the uh, Pecani sauce is is made here in Paris, Texas. You've got Kimberly Clark uh, Diaper Company. They're here. Turner Industries is here. And then we have another company come in uh, in, in 2020, uh, Spiral Weld. So it's definitely... Uh, uh, a, you know, a rural community. It's a small town, you know, about 25,000 people, but a lot of people from the surrounding areas and, and uh, counties come to Paris to work. So is there, is there really a such thing as big time Texas pride? You hear it a lot outside of Texas that everything's bigger in Texas, Texas pride, the, the Cowboys, the, the, there's a lot of things that are associated with this state that have become an everyday staple in American culture. George Strait, Willie Nelson, Texas music, dirt, you know, red dirt music. Um, and it, I follow a lot of things that come out of Texas, a lot of good hunting, a lot of good outdoors here. It's the biggest state in the union. What about though, the local community, the pride, the support when you guys started, you know, building this brand and as it started to elevate, you know, a lot of people will support you on the way up. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're so happy for Grant and Kelly. They're there. They're making, they're really working hard. Look at, yeah. and then all of a sudden you get to that top rung. A lot of times in our American culture, that's when the rocks start to get thrown and people start to be, be maybe become a little yeah. envy, envious. They start to get a little jealous and maybe you guys won't agree with that. I'm not asking you to, I'm just asking, is that happened with you guys or is the support always just hey we're from texas and we're going to support our texas brothers and sisters or have you guys experienced anything that's negative when you started tasting some success i'll let you take that question grant i'd say for the most part i mean uh, you know there's always going to be a little bit of negativity and jealousy i guess but um by far i'd say we just had a lot of support you know all, all the way from start to where we are now you know our families they've always been really supportive um I come from a family where I was able to do um, what I do now. You know, I was, uh, I guess, started out, my background is farm and ranch. That's what my family's always done. Um, you know, so that, that kind of allowed me to, to really start um, in the bumpers. You know, I was always kind of creative. I always liked working out in the shop, you know, building things, coming up with different things to make life easier, uh, you know, whatever we were doing. And um, 
so yeah, I mean, it was it was nice to have that background and have the have the tools in the shop to to be able to even even tinker around and and come up with a bumper. And the local community here has always been like very. I mean, it seems like a yeah. close knit. Yeah, it is for yeah. sure. Yeah, we've had a lot of support from our local community. Our lo- a lot of our local industry leaders, you know, the mayor, city council, our economic development corporation, uh, has also been a big you know supporter of us. And then also, you know. Being that we are in manufacturing, we know a lot of the other local business owners and people that are in manufacturing, a lot of people from the trailer world, and they definitely have helped us along the way with, you know, learning about equipment and purchases and process flow and, and stuff like that. You know, anytime we have a question, we're, we're very fortunate in the area that we're in. There's a lot of people that we can go to and ask, you know, so we're not trying to reinvent the wheel and yeah. um, and kind of get some help in certain areas to help grow the business. You know, they've already been there and done that and uh, definitely have a lot of support locally. So you're... You're working at the family ranch, the family farm. That's yep. your background. That's the background. Yeah. College educated. College educated. Um, this is nothing I had ever planned on doing. I actually went to college, um, got an ag economics degree, so that was you know uh, I was prepared to kind of just uh, you know go along and work on the family farm and you know help uh, help so, do that. So one, once in a while, the old man sends you down to the shop, says, hey, we need some a, a new re- something made out of rebar. We need something <laughs> bent or we need a new a, a new carrying case for the four wheeler. I mean, you're fabricating yeah. your welding. Yeah. But I mean, I can't imagine that the bumpers that you see today that you guys are installing on these mm-hmm. rigs, that, that you were building <laughs> anything remotely close to that on a little family farm in Texas, were you? Yeah, that would be safe to say. Uh, it's definitely, definitely evolved over the years. Um, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest things I'd say. One of the biggest challenges in the bumper market is uh, just being able to evolve, you know, and, uh, you know, th- with all the new technology, didn't have any of that back when we started. You know, everything was pretty simple, straightforward, um, a lot easier to fit on trucks. Nowadays, you know, you have all the technology, you know, you have adaptive crews, you have parking sensors, you have uh, blind spot monitors, you know, you have all the different technology that you, that you have to make work with. Uh, your product. Yeah, for sure. Things have definitely evolved in the industry. I remember when I first started helping him in uh, 2006, 2007, I remember the complexity, which was, you know, almost non-existent of all the technology, all the parking sensors and stuff. I remember when all of that stuff was introduced into the truck market. And I remember the early, early bumpers were, you know, just your pipe frame, uh, your typical like diamond plate, pipe frame bumper, powder coat, gloss black. Nobody really ever did a color match to the vehicle. Um, People didn't get crazy with suspensions. You know, a six inch lifted truck on uh, you know, twenties was, that was a, that was a show truck. That was, that was kind of the market back then. And it has really evolved into, you know, now people are running 20 inch lifts on, you know, 40 inch tires and 30 inch rims. And, uh, you know, we've got front cameras to deal with and a lot of people color match bumpers. So definitely the industry has changed. Yeah, so take sure. me back to that day on the, it, it has evolved, it has changed, but there still had to be that day. Why, why did you even think about a bumper did you hit a deer so it actually wasn't my fault <laughs> uh it was actually i'm gonna blame this on my dad since he's not here but uh he'll hear this later i'm sure but uh yeah he jumped in my truck one day instead of his and i had to go chasing a bull back in the back at the farm and uh i guess he had to give it a little bit too much persuasion and so he actually <laughs> ran into the thing with my my truck and smashed the front end so i figured he'd do it again if i didn't you know build something a little sturdier so I went out in the shop and uh, found some scrap metal and, and built a bumper. And, of course, as you said earlier, it was nothing like it is now. So it was it was pretty rudimentary compared to what we have now with all the technology and uh, computer uh, CAD programs and whatnot. 
but the, you're in your dad wrecks the front end of your truck. Yep. And if you think back, that was 1998. Here we are 20 years later, yep. 21 years later. And what, what, where you are now, think about how cool that is though, of like this kid. I mean, you're 20 years ago, you're in your twenties. Yeah. You're 22 years old. Yeah. And you are sitting there because your dad, you know, I guess that's called normal farming or ranching <laughs> practices in Texas. I guess you could say I that. I guess that's normal. Um, if you really think about that, though, how cool is that, that that 22-year-old kid sitting in that shop, and I'm sure that that shop probably looks like a shop that was built in the 60s and 70s. I bet you it wasn't some updated, <laughs> yeah. you, know, run, you know, it wasn't some modernized shop. It yeah. was an old-school farming, ranching shop that we've all been accustomed to seeing. That's it. And you're sitting in there at 22 years old. And you had literally no idea what that initial bumper was getting ready to do. Yeah. I mean, look at what it's done to where now you are responsible for not just you and Kelly, but you guys have 30 to 40 employees. Yeah. You have, you're traveling all over the country doing trade shows. You have booths, you're doing SEMA, you're at SHOT Show, you do it, you're, you're meeting different people all over the country at Texas Hunters Association, SCI, all of, is it Texas Hunters Association? Texas Trophy Hunters. Texas Trophy yeah. Hunters. Uh-huh. Think about what that means, though. That, that, to yeah. me, that's the coolest part of this story. Is And I know that it gets cooler and cooler, but at 22 years old, you're in there going, man, my truck's messed up now. <laughs> I wonder if my dad's going to help me get this fixed. Or if yeah. I didn't, and, and all of a sudden, what you're doing that day turns into what it arguably has become the top bumper manufacturer in the country. It pretty, I mean, it is really, uh, it is pretty cool to be able to do what I really like to do, you know. A lot of people don't get that uh, luxury. Um, you know, that, that first day I had, like you said, I had no idea that th- it would lead to anything. It was just replacing a, a messed up bumper on the front of my truck. Um, so I built, I basically built that one and I built dad one for his truck. And of course, uh, dad's had a, he gets around a lot. He has a cattle auction here in Paris. And so he sees lots of people and people started seeing his truck. Um, and they asked, well, where'd you get that bumper? And so, so it, happened said, well, by mistake. it happened by mistake. This company literally happened literally. by the mistake of getting too close to a bull. Yep. Was yep. it a Texas Longhorn? That I would actually, be really yeah. cool if it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what it was now. I think it's actually a Jersey bull or Holstein. So, uh, I didn't say this earlier, but we actually had a dairy. So, uh, we had lots of things to do as kids <laughs> from farming, ranching, dairy, Chores, uh, baby, chores. chores. There was never. But that's the uh, best way. Chores, yeah. I mean, almost a lot of parents have gotten away from chores. It's almost yeah. like you feel bad if you make your kid do something. I'm like, wait a minute, I got to have my daughter do something today. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, think about. Right. I got a buddy named James Deemer. He, you guys have seen us with these speaker boxes that we run with our Bluetooth. Uh-huh. He's an audio tech on the show Alaska several years ago. He goes up to Alaska. He runs into a problem to where they need an audio system, but he doesn't have one. So he takes one of the camera cases, cuts some holes in it, goes get some wire and some speakers, puts it in there, makes it all waterproof and, and, and to survive the elements. The storm comes in, cancels the shoot. They go start drinking a little bit in the hotel room that night, 20 of them. He puts music on this thing and they start partying to this little speaker box he made. And the same thing happens to where the next day everybody's like, man, you need to make me one of those. You need to make me one of those. So him and his partner found a Deemer box and now it's turning into a giant. That's pretty cool. And it happened yeah. by mistake of yeah. like that storm rolled in and all that nobody would have ever heard it play music. It yeah. would have just been sitting out there for on the set of Survivor. Yeah. So yeah. really this company comes about but that th- that's fine that you know that it did happen but there was a lot that happened between 98 for sure in 2019. The, the the locals start asking, "Hey, 
Mr. Malico, where'd you get that bumper? Yeah. Mom, my son just put this together in the thing. They're like, really? I want one. Is that how, is that pretty much That's the deal? That's exactly how it happened. You know, it was, it was uh, obviously not a full-time gig back then, you know, so when I had time in the afternoons or whatever, between whatever else I had going, uh, I'd get out in the shop and build a bumper, you know? So, I mean, it was pretty cool. It was, uh, it was just me, uh, obviously from the beginning, but, uh, you know, I was anything from designer to the installer, so anything in between. <laughs> so what, what, where are you at when you come up with the name? What is it bodyguard that you're protecting the body of a truck? Or did it. you have, did you have a job in your younger life too, protecting some local celebrities? You no, know, I, I wish I could say that. <laughs> Jerry Jones had you walking around the stadium. I wish I could say that, but no, it, uh, that's, that's literally where it came from. You know, uh, what do you, I was trying to come up with uh, a name to kind of convey what the product did. So, you know, what, what better than protecting the body of the truck bodyguard you know so when does this happen is this is this right when you start building them for your daddy's buddies no that was probably a couple years later probably around 2000 2001 um when we came up with the name i think for a, a good while we we didn't have a name it was just bumpers you know just shop built bumpers but is the is the where you were built when you named it bodyguard are you still building them in that same shop that you built that first one for your dad's truck yes yeah we built we actually stayed there until we way past when we outgrew it so uh, it got to the point where we were actually having to move um, things outside during the day to work <laughs> yeah. and then move them back in at night, you know, to have space to actually Just work. Just have space, yeah, for sure. We were definitely out of room at some point. Which was uh, could be a bit of a problem when it rained, but we made, we made it work. Yeah, so <laughs> were you guys, when did you two meet? We met in 07. So you, yeah. came, along, you came along about six, seven years mm-hmm. yeah. after he started the company. Yep. So what? What are you? Are you at a trade show and she walks by? How do you? How do y'all meet? No, we met through a mutual friend. Local um, friend. Local yeah. friend. We went out riding folders one, one weekend and uh, we met and I guess the rest is history. Yep. So she's been a blessing to the business. She really I know has. she's been a blessing to your personal life, but what yeah. about the business? Because a lot of times you get you hear that you you don't want to work with your mate. It's hard. It makes yeah. things harder. It's it's something that you really need to maintain and 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 work hard at because I mean now not only are you relying on each other on a personal level, raising a family yeah. and loving and all of that, but now you're sitting here at the office every day together, traveling to shows every day. Has it has it been difficult? Is it something to where you would tell people, don't do it, do not work with your husband? Or, or are you guys, are you f- making it work? Or is it just natural with you two that you respect each other's space and things come real easy with the two of you? I would say it probably, t- it took us several years to get there. Um, you know, when we came from the original shop, we were in a very small, you know, facility, um, just a single office. We both shared a desk. Um, you know, you could turn around and he was just right there. You couldn't have phone conversations. You know, it was just a, a very tight space. So I think we learned to make that work. Um, but it definitely took a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, patience and practice to get there. Um, but going through what we went through initially, I, I think has made us stronger to where we are now. We just celebrated our 10 year anniversary this year. Um, so I think, you know, we've been together since 07, um, and got married in 09. So pretty much our whole existence has been like with each other literally like 24 7 day to day working you know personal and work relationship so um i think you just have to learn you know how to manage that and how to make that grow and foster that connection but also to respect each other from a personal standpoint and and as business owners to you know make that work um 
because you have other employees to look after, you have customers to look after, you have vendors to take care of. So, you know, you you have to put business first when you're, you know, on duty eight to five. And eight to five is well, just when the doors are open. <laughs> I mean, officially eight to five. Isn't it funny, though, how it's it, people, I, yeah. I heard a comment from one of your employees today about when you take ownership in something, and the best employees that you could ever find are ones that take ownership in something. They might not yeah. be an owner on paper, but in their mind, they, they have so much pride in what they're doing, and they, and they have passion for it, and they have a lot of care in their heart about their employer, and, the, and they become family to where the ownership they take in it, they're sitting there going, yeah. I really never quit working. I'm always thinking about the brand. Yeah. And that's what it takes, right? It is. I mean, you can't do it without good employees. And I feel like we're pretty fortunate to have the employees that we have, you know. And there are a lot of them that, uh, I don't know if I could speak for every single one of them. We have some of them that are they're fairly new, and we've, had some, we've got some guys that have been with us for, you know, 10 or 12 years. Um, but I'd say the, the long-term employees, for sure, you know, they're, they're vested in the company, and, and they're, they're all in. You know, that's what it takes. You've got to have good employees. They wear bodyguard like we wear it as our last name, you know, bodyguard. We, we always have our logo apparel on and our shirts and stuff. And to us, that's, that's our last name, you know, um, it's, it's what we represent. It's what we do 24 seven, but we have employees who do that too. And it, it, it's really, it makes me, you know, feel good when I see our employees out on the weekend and they have our shirts on or they're participating or they're talking to a customer and texting a customer to get them taken care of when they're off the clock, you know, and, um, that's a vested employee. And that's, that's really what makes the company, you know, grow and people appreciate what you do. Yeah. And I think that that's, you see it around here, a lot of the, the culture. And I think that when people hear that word culture, they think of, you know, different places in the world. Like you got to be in a different society to understand like, well, there's cultures in every little door, nook and cranny in this world. Yeah. Could be in your home, could be in your, in your grandma's house. It could be in your office. It could be at the gym. It could be at the rodeo grounds. There's culture, right? Mm -hmm. You have to create that culture to get these employees to become family, to become owners, to take ownership and to become ingrained in what you're doing. And that's because the culture is being, is being nurtured. So obviously you guys are doing something right for those guys to, you know, wear that shirt all day and come in here and do manual labor and bust their ass and bust their knuckles all day. And then they go out for a beer that night or a dinner. And all of a sudden you see them wearing a nice shirt with a BG or bodyguard logo on it. Yeah. That, that, that shows a lot. Yeah. And we've really tried to create, you know, that culture in our, in our brand and our product and in our, you know, employees. Um, and you know, I think we have a really strong company and I think people really appreciate what we do, but it's really cool to see employees you know um get in on that action as well and so when you when we talk about that kelly you you talk to me a little bit about this it doesn't happen with you know just saying hey we're going to start this company and things are going to fall into place it's work a lot of those moves aren't seen you probably don't even talk about them it might come natural to you a lot of people in business they do so much they're wearing so many different hats that at the end of the day you're like it's just another day and then if if you tell somebody like what you did they're like no what (laughs) how many how many texting conversations did you have gone how many emails did you answer at the same time how many how many (laughs) box how many boxes just went out today yeah 
Um, the deposit was due for the SEMA show. I had to talk to the layout of the booth. We're redesigning this. I got a new sign being made here. I'm getting new dies cut for the CNCs. I got this new machine that we're looking at in Italy, and I got to go and, and, and talk to the programmer on that and get training set up. For All sure. of this stuff doesn't happen just because you, you're a business owner. Anybody can say, hey, I'm going to start a business and set up shop. Yeah. But when you look at it at the end of the day, how many hats you're wearing and how many jobs you're doing, it, it's it's you can't count the hours. Yeah. So that that's ha, talk to me a little bit about that of being a business owner. I don't know if you're if you're educated in business. A lot of people think you have to go to business school, get an MBA in business, or be you know business fine or in finance or accounting or something. Um, I studied some business, but I in college what I learned to do more than anything was network and juggle. And I think that that's what one of the most important aspects and traits of a good entrepreneur yeah. is having a lot of balls in the air and being able to follow through. And it might take some years to get to that point of being able to follow through on everything. Right. You're going to be, you, you get hit up by every event, every organization, every little league team, every soccer team, every charitable event. People want, want your attention. They want you to work with them. And at the beginning you're like, yes, yes, yes. And then you're like, well, I got to learn how to say no to a few of them. Cause on a couple I said yes to, I might not have followed through because I got so swamped or whatever tell talk to me a little bit about where your mind is of being a business owner because you have to be thinking about this all of the time to get the success that you're getting or do you get to take days off uh what is that (laughs) (laughs) yeah what is a day off exactly so i mean this isn't you are living the american dream but it is difficult it's hard to do right it is it's not easy yeah, for sure. I, somebody once told me, and this has been years ago, but somebody told me the best entrepreneur is the one that can say no. And it took me a long time to, it, you know, I just remembered somebody telling me that, and it took me a long time to actually understand what they meant. But you're absolutely right. You know, everybody hits you for everything, and everybody sees you, um, you know, as a almost like a status because I think you own a business and you operate this company and you have a product and you have a brand and you have a patent and you have all these employees who work for you. And yeah, all that's true, but, uh, you're also not, you can't be everything to everyone. You have to be able to say no. Um, and you have to be able to prioritize to keep all of those balls juggling in the air. And, you know, some start to slip and you, and you run over and catch them. Um, but you have to learn to to know when to say no. You you just absolutely can't take on everything, and you also have to learn to delegate. Um, and it did take me a long time to get to that point. Grant can also. I'm gonna say she's still working on that too. <laughs> Every, what, I think are, I heard, you a micromanager. Well, I think um, I just like for everything to um, you know get done. I like for everything to I like to see everything through and make follow up on everything and. Um, you know, it took me a long time to put employees in place where I felt comfortable to pass the baton and say, no, they can handle that. And no, they can do that. And hey, can you do this? And um, I think that that is one, one of the things that's led to business growth is is finally realizing that, hey, in order to grow, you have to be able to pass the baton and let other people do some of the things. So there's physically just not enough hours in the day to handle everything. And you just at some point don't have enough hands to juggle the balls and you have to pass the ball. You have to pass them. have to. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. and and when you when you finally it took me a long time to get there, but when you finally like when that hits you and you're like, Somebody else can do this and I can do this, you know, it it that's when you start to grow and that's when things really started to take off. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think a lot of it has to do with being able to let those employees 
know that their feelings or their creativity or their, you know, their ideas are important to the overall image and the brand of the company. And it is hard for somebody to let go of that because yeah, you're so used, is. you're used to those 18 hour days and making right. every decision. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, this guy's in there on the computer now. And, 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 you know, I don't know if I'm going to go with his design. I don't know if I'm going to like every bit, but yeah. the good entrepreneurs are the ones that let those people have that creative flow or they, they let them be them and they let them do their work. And as long as they're ethical and they're honest and they're being practical about things, it's, it, it's easier said than done for sure to let go of those strings and, and not sure. be the puppet master of every moving part of the business. But yeah. how on the same lines, Kelly, you're, you're, you have a life, you have a, a family, you have other things going on. How do you debunk? How do you get stressed? How do you get rid of your stress? How do you relax a little bit? Do you get to take Sunday off and go to church and then watch football and have a barbecue? Do you have family dinners every night? Do you get to see, I mean, how do you, how do you de, you know, like let yourself come down? Because all I, I told you when I walked in this morning, I'm like, man, you are the hardest woman in America to get a hold of now. And I know that you're not like just hitting voicemail for you are busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I really do appreciate when people understand that. I know you're kind of the same way. You travel a lot. You, you talk to a, a lot of different people. You're you're that person like me who's had a hundred text message conversations in the past two hours. So I, I know that you appreciate that. Uh, not everyone does, um, you know. Um, so it is really hard. I, I feel like sometimes I do let people down, but um, it's just something that um, you know. Like I was saying earlier, at some point you you just have to say no. I cannot text that person back, or no, I cannot take that phone call, and I have to let an employee handle that sort of thing. But um, I think for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty much like on, um, almost 24 seven. Um, you know, my hours don't stop at five. Um, I'm reachable by, you know, phone all the time, email. I'm constantly on email, multiple accounts and that sort of thing. Social media, I'm pretty active on there as well. Um, but it's what I enjoy. So to me, that's not working. Um, that's talking to my friends, these people in this industry, these customers and the people that are selling and buying our product, those are those are my, my friends. You know, when we go to a truck show, that's a vacation for me. I mean, the, you know, we're getting to hang out with our, with the people that are friends. You know, we, we like to, we get to go eat with them. We get to see them. We get to sit in chairs and hang out. We get to show people about the product. So to me, it's not a trade show. It's, it's a, it's fun, you know? Um, and I think not everybody in every industry feels that way. You know, some people feel like that that's work, but for us, that's, that's our, that's what our lifestyle is. That's what we enjoy doing. Um, you know, so I, to me, that's, that's just part of life. You know, that's, we enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. And for me, I mean, growing up as a kid, even I always loved trucks, four wheel drives, you know, four wheelers, whatever. So being able to work in this market, it really is. I mean, it, it is work. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's hard, uh, but it's fun. But you also loved hunting. You love fishing. You yeah. love rodeo. You love bulls. You love cows. You love ranching. Yeah, all that. You, you don't get to do any of that anymore, do you? I don't because get to you're do... so busy, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, you know, the farming. So where is... is the balance? That's the question. Is as an entrepreneur, where do you find that balance to be able to say, "Hey, I have to do this for me. I gotta, I gotta just let down, and I gotta get, I gotta let the energy just." you know, just relax for a little bit. I'm going to go get on a boat and I'm just going to go cast a line for a little bit. Do you get to do that? Do you force yourself to do that? Or is it just nonstop type A personality? I literally will wake up in the middle of the night and roll over, grab my phone and start typing notes (laughs) because I just had a thought go in my mind when I'm sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. I might not, I might not go to sleep till three in the morning because I hit an idea and I start writing and then I'm like, well, I got creative. I got creative prowess right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to further this idea a little bit more. And the next thing I know, I got 
and I'll show you on my phone right now, and I'm sure you guys are the same way, but when you look at my email account, a lot of my emails are to myself. Chad Belding, Chad Belding, Chad Belding. And I'm literally writing emails to myself. So when I go back, when I sit down the next day, I can go, all right, that idea was about this. That yep. idea was about that. I do that too. Yeah, Isn't that time. crazy though? It's I like know. being a songwriter. Songwriters always say, I get an idea, I got to write it down. <laughs> yep. Boom, I got to write yeah. that idea down because if I forget it, I'm screwed. Right. You know what I mean? It's like you cannot, it's almost like you have to force yourself to put the business away, put the brand away for a little bit and find some kind of balance. It's hard to turn it off. I mean, for sure. I mean, especially with uh, with us working together. You know, you, it's hard to not take stuff home. You know, you, both of you know what's going on at work. I mean, most of the time, uh, you may not know all the details, but you kind of know what's going on at work. Uh, and so when you have conversations, it's about work, <laughs> you know, or ideas about new products or, you know, different people um, in the industry that, that we both know. So, I mean, it is hard to get away from it. I mean, we live, eat, sweet, and uh breathe it. I mean, it's, it's 24 seven. And for me, I'm always looking for constant improvement, no matter what, you know, business related or an employee issue or, you know, um, anything I'm always trying to figure out like how we could have done it better, you know, quicker, faster, stronger, better. Um, I'm always looking for that. It, it does not turn off for me. That's just a personality trait that I have. So, um, I always analyze everything, you know, even if we did it good, I'm like, how can we do it better? So do you still have a personal life? Um, yes or no? No, pretty yeah. much business. So we have multiple businesses. So for me, uh, when when one ends, I pick right back up on the other. So do you do you accept that? Are you fine with that? Uh, your girlfriends call you and say, "Hey, there's a um, Chippendales is in town on Friday night. I want to roll <laughs> over to it." You know, like you 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 don't get to do that stuff because right. you're probably either going to be an event representing bodyguard. Yeah. You might be out of town. You and Grant might be coming up with a new idea. You might be meeting with an investor. You might be meeting with a manufacturer or a, or a vendor. Yeah. Yep. All of that stuff is constantly happening. Yeah, pretty much. People yeah. see like, oh man, they must. It must be so awesome. They work for themselves. They're their own bosses. They're making a mint. Look at this building. Look at this stuff. That's not the case. I'm not saying that you guys aren't making it. I'm just saying that the amount of work that goes into it, if you count the hours that you've worked since 1998 yeah. to the amount of money that you've put in your bank account since 1998, you're probably making probably four bucks an hour. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> saying that you guys aren't making it. Don't get me wrong, but we, we can't forget the foundation of a business. Everybody always looks, and that's where mm-hmm. I was going with that social media deal. Is like, Man, that 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 person must just have it going on. They're smiling in every picture. Yep. You can't forget what happens on those nights to where am I going to make payroll? Am I going to be able to pay this vendor for all this material I just bought? Am I going to be able yeah. to sell all these bumpers? Am I going to be able There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of worry and and a lot of people can say, "Well, I don't really worry about a lot of that stuff and it just comes naturally." Well, I think as an entrepreneur, you're always in that mindset of mm-hmm. I I want growth. I want I want, I mean, like you just said, you're addicted to performance and you're addicted to, cha- you know, improvement and all of that stuff. Well, to get that, you constantly have to be improving yourself, making a better version of yourself. You all, you have to be yeah. doing all of those little pieces to make that big piece of that puzzle come together. Right. Yeah. So really, Absolutely. Re- really, you're, you're, you're thinking like, where, where do we find the balance? Because we have already worked this many freaking hours since 1998. <laughs> 
when is it going to stop? It's 20 years later and you're still working like a, like there's no tomorrow because you believe in growth. You have passion for the brand. You've taken ownership in the culture of bodyguard. It's, it's a lot bigger than just a bumper on a truck. There's a lot that has gone into that picture in that catalog or that calendar or that <laughs> SEMA booth. You know where I'm going with that? Oh, yeah. right. Everybody, well, nobody ever wants to remember. I mean, I don't, let me just say this and I'll let you talk, Kelly. Do you, I think it's important for you guys to think about what you've done and not forget those days because with the constant just flow of information and content now, our brains are overloaded. I think it's very important for people to really sit down and find that balance of what got them there. It yeah. was the love for those the ranch. It was the love of your dad. It was the love of those bulls. It was the love of that truck and the four-wheel drive and being on that property. And now it's go, 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 go. We got to get to Vegas. We got to get this on this. We got to do that. We got to figure out how to get back to this. There's a lot of country songs written about it, but it's important for an entrepreneur to slow down and just let, I keep saying, just let that air out of the balloon for a second. (laughs) You know what? I remember that day when I built that first bumper because that's the most important part of it because you wouldn't be doing any of this without that day. Without that. Yeah, Yeah. that's for sure. And it's hard for us to discipline ourselves to say, you know what? I am going to go to Chippendales tonight. And while I'm watching those goofy dudes all oiled up, I'm going to think back about... (laughs) That four-wheeler ride. If I'd have never said yes to my friends about going on that four-wheeler ride, who knows where the company would be? Yeah. Who knows what could have happened? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You guys met on that four-wheeler. That's what's so important to me is the culture of something. What what happened on that day when your dad <laughs> was practicing his, his ethical ranching practices <laughs> or his normal ranching practices? That is so important to the evolution of the bodyguard bumper. Yeah. Because when I met y'all on that couch at that little bar in Vegas that night and you guys were sitting there, I'm like, yeah, cool people. They're from Texas and they, they, they know how to weld. And then you sit there and, and then you learn the story about something and the culture about something. That's the important part. That's the story of bodyguard. To me, that's a cool thing. That's why I keep trying to revert back to it because I don't like seeing people get away from, you know, why they're here because I'm in the same boat. I literally will sit in my office and go, I was just talking to your secretary out there, the lady at the front desk, the girl that's uh, we won't talk about what you told me. <laughs> but I was sitting there going, I can't keep up. I can't keep up because my mind is just like, this is unreal. I'm just yeah. like, I'm trying to do too much. And not one time in today before this podcast did I think about like, man, I remember back when we first started Bandit and the foul life and the dreams and what was mm-hmm. going on. It's you got to discipline yourself to do that because if you don't keep reverting back to that, it's just going to continuously just snowball on top of you, in my opinion. Yeah, because there's always one more project. Let's get this done or, you know. There's always one thing we need to get done. There's always tomorrow. But, uh, I, I mean, you've pretty much got to just shut it off, just step away if, if you want to uh, get away from work. I mean, you, you can't get everything done in order to, to get off. You just have to make time for it. I, I'm, I, on the other hand, could live at work. <laughs> <laughs> you could. Oh, yeah. I never turn off. He He's one that can, like, step away and turn off, but I just can't. Maybe it's a female thing. I don't know, but yeah. I just... I'm like all 24-7 on. My mom gets so mad. I can't put my phone down. I can't not email. I can't not talk to a customer. It's just me. I don't know. Do you go like, to church? Yeah, we go um, here locally in Paris. I'm, yep. I'm very, I'm not, I don't want to get on a, on a religion. I'm not trying to get onto a religious thing at all, but in, in this part of the country, it's called the Bible Belt. Church is very important. Do you take your phone into church? 
Kelly, be I, honest. I take my phone everywhere, including strapped to my. So you're are you ans- are you answering texts while you're singing Kumbaya? <laughs> are you? I've already answered five text messages while I've been sitting here. Yeah, but what about when you're in church? Are you? No, no I just, but I do like I am like addicted to my phone and email, and I just can't turn it off. I just can't. If yeah. I don't have internet or email, I just like uh, I just can't. But what did you do before it? I don't remember. It's been so long. See, you can't remember those days. That's the I important know. thing is like these things, this, in, this whole idea that we have to constantly be, and I'm the same way. I'm not sitting here trying to preach to y'all like <laughs> I'm some guy that's not doing it. I'm sitting there going, all right, I don't, one thing that I really try not to do ever is worry about my competition. I know they're there. I know that we're either chasing them or they're chasing us, but I'm, I'm, I think it, talk to me about what it means to stay in your lane because you guys have mentioned words patents, ideas, trademarks, design patents, all of the things that you guys do here, you got to stay in your lane. You got to focus on what your tasks are. Yep. Because if you're worrying about what that next guy's doing or your competitor's doing, yeah. you're not putting all of that focus or that brain power, that mindset in into your what own you need business. to achieve. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Talk to me about how important that is. I love how you two look at each other like, baby, I'm going to let you take this one. No, baby, you take it. This is a, this is a hot topic for me. Um, oh, did I touch on something uh, you here, Grant? did. Oh, you this table's have. about yeah, to get turned over. <laughs> yeah, um, so I wish all of my competitors would have the same philosophy, but I absolutely think that you should stay in your lane and focus on your own business. Um, American manufacturing and American made products, um, are something that I feel really strongly about. Um, and also, um, you know, your own intellectual property rights, you know, anything IPR related, um, is a, is a hot topic for me just because I know what it has taken for, um, you know, Grant to go through. I know what we have sacrificed as a company and as a couple to get to where we are. And I'm really proud of that. So, um, I take a lot of pride in, in what we've been able to achieve, um, in terms of, you know, trademarks and registered trademarks and patents and patent pendings and, uh, all of our design stuff. And so we're always hyper focused on what we're doing. Um, I think you have to be knowledgeable and know what's going on in your industry and what your competitors are doing, but the focus should definitely always be on your own company so that you can build your brand and be better, faster, stronger, um, you know, than your competitor. Uh, we have had a couple of people in our industry that there are some people in the bumper market um, who we really look up to and admire and who have great companies and great products and, and, and great leadership. Um, and then there are some companies as well who, you know, have copied our product. And that's very discouraging for um, for that to happen. Um, and there have been some trials and tribulations. And, you know, we've we've gone through that. But I think that that's made us stronger as a company. Have you ever done it? What? Copied somebody? We have not. We never have. We've never had a competitor's product in our facility. Uh, We've never, you know, measured a competitor's product. We've never um, taken any design cues off. It's always been strictly Grant and the CAD department. And, you know, a lot of stuff morphs and changes as you're designing new products. Have you ever cussed when you've seen one of these people knock you off? (laughs) Do you ever cuss, Kelly? (laughs) I'm going somewhere with this. Yes. And it makes me, it infuriates me. So so this one, it tells you that you're doing something right. Two is that if they're doing that, they're chasing you. Right. Okay. 
So I think the most important thing of what you guys have done is that you guys have always stayed one step ahead. We're not going to talk about the discussion we had on some of the new ideas on the new bumpers yeah. that you just released. You can if you want, because I know the world knew at SEMA. But when you said some of the things today, you like, I started a sentence and you're like, Chad, let me finish that for you. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. It's like you already knew where I was going with that on one of my, my only complaint of, it wasn't even really a complaint. It was just like, hey, why? Yeah. I just needed some reasoning behind the, of why my bumper was, was that way. And you're like, well, blah, 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 boom. You just started taking the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. So the most important part is what you guys are doing is you're staying innovative and you're staying in your lane. You're not those people that are going to be like, all right, well, if they're going to do this, we're going to get tied up in court. There's going to be all these laws. You just keep creating. And I think that the revenue stream is there. Obviously, there's enough money to go around in the world, but there's still that freaking idea that if somebody has the, t- the audacity to pull one of our products off the shelf and set it on that table in that board meeting and go, we're going to build this. To- I know I've known companies that yep. did that. We want to yeah. copy everything down to their packaging mm-hmm. and the font on their packaging, yeah. not just the product. And you sit there and went, how can you sleep at night? But here's the deal is that they're only a flash in the pan. They're right. not going to last. And if they do, they still got to sleep with themselves. Yeah. And that's the way I look at it is like being innovative is the most important thing. I've been told that I knocked off all the duck calls in the world with our new duck call line. I'm like, first, none of these are my designs. They're my partners. He's had all of these ideas for years. He's got design patents going on. He's got research patents in the making right now. And I'm sitting there going, my name is getting as a copycat. I'm like, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to tell you anything or prove myself to you. Yeah. I know the truth. I know where these duck calls came from. Yeah. I know all the hours that my partner, Chris, has spent coming up with these ideas. So when I hear that or I read it on a message board or one of these little forums that anybody with keyboard muscle can go on there and go, <laughs> Chad Belding's a yeah. piece of, you know, like I'm like, all right, yeah. cool. You're, you know, you're down in your mom's basement and you got to come up for another TV dinner in 15 minutes. <laughs> and I just sit there and laugh and I giggle because they don't know the truth. They don't yeah. understand that we don't knock anybody off. We're not doing that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that there are companies that will go out and take something and knock it off, you know, exactly to a T. And it, it, it does have the, the ability to irritate the living piss out of you. There's no doubt about it. It does for sure. But I think that the innovation and staying two or three steps ahead of everybody at every time is what's going to drive them nuts. Yeah. And we've we've led the market in so many areas. We've been, we have been the innovator and will continue to be the innovator in certain components, uh, modular components, uh, bolt-in components, um, features of the bumper. Um, You can, you can, you can literally go back and see it in internet uh, history and also print history, you know, going back and looking in uh, truck catalogs and stuff like that. You can just see when our bumper came out, how it changed the game. Literally, we in 2016, our, our show bumper literally changed the game. Now a lot of people are, are, are you know, taking aspects of design elements and aspects of that and kind of uh, putting that into their products. But it's really cool to know that, like, hey, I, I did that and I led that market. It's really cool. Can you tell us how? How? It changed the game in 2016? Yeah, so... Um, that bumper that came out and it actually came out in 2015 was a called our a2l it was our low profile bumper so up until that point the market really kind of was more of a big heavy duty winch mount bumper so like what you run on all of your trucks that's called our a2 series it holds a winch mount holds the big off-road led lights and it's for people who are really going to use the bumper you know heavy off-road use um a lot of farm and ranch people a lot of people in construction industry it's it's made to use and abuse um, but what happened was there was this whole show truck crowd um, that had developed that wanted a sleek, low-profile uh, bumper. 
they liked the look of our A2, but it just kind of stuck out really far because it was a winch mount bumper and they wanted something super low profile. So Grant and the guys took the bumper that we already had, went back to the design board um, and basically kind of chopped the nose off of that A2 making that bumper a low profile bumper hence the l that's how the l came on to the a2l so a2l meaning low profile or light bar and they made that bumper more of a show style uh, show style bumper um, also too it has some modular uh, bolt-in components to it um, so a lot of the people we kept hearing over and over people wanted to color match their uh, inserts or the color match features on the bumper to their lift kit their suspension their you know their um, their wheels and stuff like that and so that everything matched. And so having the bolt-in components basically allowed you to do that. Um, so we pretty much like changed the game in 2016 when that bumper debuted at SEMA. Um, it pretty much changed the game. And now you see a lot of people with a lot of bumper companies, bumper manufacturers with bolt-on components and modular aspects and bolt-in lighting and, um, you know, just all kinds of features like that. So the A2L really changed the game and really made us the leader in the market in 2016 we had always kind of been more the farm and ranch style bumper the working man's bumper but in 2016 we came out with that show truck bumper and that really launched us uh into where we are now it put us in a whole new game before yeah. before oh go ahead Grant. I'm sorry. i was just gonna i was gonna add to that that the you know i feel like the show truck bumper is really what helped uh get us to where we are now because you know the work truck stuff isn't you don't see it at truck shows where the uh, you know the smooth plate the A2L that's at all the truck shows and that's where all the the marketing comes in, comes into play you know magazines um, lots of people see that stuff at the truck shows so I feel like that's gotten us to this point and you know now we're trying to make a, a big pushback uh, in the work work truck market as well. So what what is a show bumper? Is it a show truck is something that you would put in a booth at a show to show off or is this actually something that's happening in American culture right now to where there is a segment of this potential customer base that is called a show truck? And what is that? So I think historically the the bumper market has kind of changed. It used to be more of the diamond plate, like we talked kind of the early bumper, the pipe frame diamond plate bumper, you know, full grill guard. Then it evolved into like a big heavy heavy duty off road bumper with everybody had to have a winch mount on the front of their truck. Um, and then the, in 2015, 2016, everybody kind of started going into the show truck. A lot of the, uh, you know, truck meets, truck swaps, uh, truck show type things. A lot of shows came up about that time. And so all these people started building huge, big lifted trucks. And so they needed a bumper. So um, like I was saying earlier, we kind of led that market in 2015 and 2016. That's been a few years. So um, where we are now is is that industry is starting to change into a different direction. Um, and we're going to lead that industry as well with our new bumper line that came out called the FT series. Um, so I think that, you know, every few years things cycle in the truck industry. People like different, um, you know, different bumper um, components and aspects, you know, diamond plate, and then it went to smooth plate. And I think it's headed back in a different direction. Um, you know, the, the A2L has been out since 2015, 2016. Um, it was a smooth plate, um, just, you know, a base bumper, no grill guard protection or anything, just the just the bottom part of the bumper. And I think it's just time. It's just one of those evolution things that, you know, been there, done that, led that market. And now we're going to we're going to show you what's next. And when you talk about what's next, I go onto a car lot and I come off of that lot with my new truck and it's got the factory bumpers on it. Give me some reasoning of why somebody would ever even call bodyguard. Why do they want this? Why do they need it? What's the practicality behind it? And 
I see your marketing efforts. You know, you got a big jacked up truck that's painted really cool. That's your show truck. Then you got a cattle rancher. Then you got us in the hunting industry. Why do we need them? Why can't we just stick with what it comes with when we drive it off that lot? Well, I mean, you you can, <laughs> but uh, first time you hit a deer on the on the road, you're gonna be looking. Okay, for a so there's one is safety in protecting your truck protecting and your protecting truck. the people in your truck. Right. Exactly. Because and, when you hit a deer with one of these bumpers, you you don't even know. You don't even. I mean, you know, I've seen people with whiplash hitting cattle. Yeah. Out on country roads, back roads of of different states, hitting deer. Yeah. Uh, with these, you don't have to swerve. You, you got you. You're gonna protect your truck. You're gonna protect your investment. So one, it's secure or safety. Right. And number two, and I feel like um, probably in the last last few years with the show truck crowd that we've been talking so much about, um, people buying for looks. You know, they just want to make the truck look better. Um, I feel like that's, uh, you know, that's a that's probably the biggest reason people nowadays buy uh, one of our bumpers is just to make it look better. So then, why doesn't why doesn't a company that can probably do anything they want in machining or whatever, and maybe we'll cut this part out if you don't want to answer it, but why doesn't why don't the manufacturers do it in the first place or offer it in the first place. And I'm sure they do aftermarket, but why wouldn't, if it, it, it looks better, it's going to create more of a buzz. It's going to be able to up your sales and your revenue stream. Why aren't these big time automotive companies putting a bumper that looks like yours on the truck in the first place? You know, there's, I guess there could be a lot of reasons for that. You know, cost is one thing. Um, you know, the aftermarket bumpers, it's, it's, I mean, it's a huge market, but it's still, um, it's still not a majority of the market. You know, a lot of the guys just, they do leave whatever comes from the factory. Uh, when they buy the truck, they leave it alone. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, but on the same token, uh, a lot of the new car dealerships, you know, they are starting to build the trucks, you know, set them in the lots ready to sell uh, for the guys with lift kits, wheels and tires, uh, new bumpers, uh, you name it, they kind of build the truck out and, and the guy just finances it all in, you know, when he buys the truck. Yeah, we just did that at our dealership out yeah. where we're at with Corning. You know, we built those Fat Life trucks. We put the front and rear bumpers on them. And now today I just got another phone call when I was sitting in your office of another organization out there that's going to do the same thing. Not a dealership, but an actual organization that's going to take some trucks and sell them, but they want it to look like our truck. Yeah. So, boom, you know, you got these guys that see that and they're like, man, that looks that looks really good. That looks really good. But one is safety. It's, it's, it's making the family in that truck safer because of the protection. It's also protecting your investment of that truck. Two is it's, it's kind of showing off your six-pack abs on the beach on a Saturday of, man, look at this truck. That's a badass-looking rig. Are there any other reasons to have a bumper? Like the, the winch is important to us yeah, because say, I'm a shitty yeah. driver and I'm getting <laughs> stuck all the time. I would say functionality. Uh, you know, you got to keep in mind that there's a lot of people who use their trucks in other in specific industries. For example, uh, the oil and gas industry, you know, a lot of those guys have to have a winch on the front. Um, a lot of people that are in agriculture, they like to have a receiver hitch on the front so that they can, uh, you know, hook up trailers and move, um, you know, header trailers around and stuff like that. Or they can move a winch, uh, put it on a cradle and move it from front to, to back, use it on the front of the truck or the back receiver of the truck. Um, there's a lot of people who, um, you know, do night jobs and they need something uh, to house all of their LED lights, you know, their off-road, their light bars, their spotlights. Um, you've also got the, you know, the whole industry of the, um, uh, the, um, oh, what am I trying to say? The fire industry, the, um, 
brush trucks, you know, uh, grass trucks, um, compressor foam systems, you know, small volunteer fire departments who need bumpers and stuff who are going, you know, out in the brush. Um, So functionality is is also a a big component of why people would put a replacement bumper on. So there's three. So we have three. And even, you know, I was just going to say, even with the bumpers, you know, that, that, that are just made to look pretty, uh, we always, we still like to make those things tough. You know, we don't just make them just for looks and, you know, they're not not going to serve a purpose. So we always try to build that in regardless of which bumper style it is. I'm glad you said that. So our, our tagline is actually where strength meets style. And I think that really sums up what we do. You know, we offer a couple of different styles of bumpers anywhere from your working man's, you know, uh, working man's bumper, off-road bumper to a show truck bumper and even the Jeep products. Um, but everything is is hyper-focused on what it looks like and how it performs. So definitely where strength meets style is definitely uh, something that we take a lot of pride in. Yeah. Is there... Are there talks behind closed doors of while we're on the subject of why, you know, and for what is there, where does the, a company like this go? I mean, there's a certain, you said that the after the, the aftermarket bumper, the, what is it? Aftermarket, right? Mm-hmm. The aftermarket bumper market is big. Yeah. It's pretty large. It is. It is. For the potential consumer. Mm-hmm. But. How do you grow that now as an entrepreneur? Is there ideas coming of, I know one of them is you guys have step stepping boards, you have side mm-hmm. steps, you have, you offer that for, for Jeeps and for the, the, the big trucks. That's right. So you guys are offering a front bumper and a rear bumper mm-hmm. and side steps mm-hmm. and you've grown this much already. Okay. Is there a way to get bigger? Is there ideas of getting bigger, or are we staying here? Well, I think is it safe to say we now? I mean, we. I'm, I'm in, in yeah. on this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm part of the family. Now. I don't know why I said we. I feel <laughs> so, like you're writing me a check right now. I, I feel like you guys. Out. I feel like your attorney should be here right now. <laughs> We're gonna need your thumbprint sample. <laughs> what? Um, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Well, you know, I'd say for, if you look back, what, three or four years, uh, you know, we, we were always just focused on trucks. So we brought, uh, brought on the Jeep market. Um, three or four years ago. And with the Jeep market, you know, there are a lot of products. So it's not just bumpers and steps. You know, they're, you know, fender flares, fender liners, um, live bar brackets, spare tire mounts, spare tire deletes. Um, you know, there's those Jeep guys love to put stuff uh, wherever they can on their Jeep. So, I mean, that's that's been a really um, good growth for us uh, area. Um, but, you know, there, there may be some other products coming I saw coming you along. smile a little bit. There may be some other products coming. <laughs> you know, for yeah, we were w- walking through here today. I'm like, man, I see ideas for this. And then I would say something. And you're like, yeah, we've already been talking about that. So, yeah. obviously, you guys are, you know, you're on it to where there is other areas. There are, especially with the machines you guys have and the technology you have. I mean, yeah. we're going to talk on another podcast coming up about another company that you guys just started that is pretty awesome. I mean, it's just now getting out there and mm-hmm. everybody that sees us wearing them or they're like, where'd you get that? What's <laughs> yeah. that all about? Yeah. And, and, and so they, I mean, the, the, the possibilities, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes scary to say that they're endless, but they could be with yeah. what you could offer somebody. You're already yeah. created revenue streams for, for working with other people that need your services. You're cutting pieces for other companies. Um, you're machining pieces for other companies. Um, that's not your specialty. You do that kind of on, uh, you know, on a as is basis or as needed yeah. basis. But while you sit there as an entrepreneur, you can't get lackadaisical. You can't stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. 
You just can't. You can't. You can't right. look at your bottom yeah. line in 2019 and go, well, we just we'll exceed that a little bit next year. I'm not saying that you're going to get out of hand and, and 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 get so diverse that you start losing your authenticity. Yeah, that's a big part of Bodyguard is authenticity because you guys are the Texas bumper company. Yeah. Think about how the story started. I mean, I could just see this man sitting there when his son put this new bumper on there and he just <laughs> claps his hands. He goes, "Now watch what I get these cattle to do. Now watch yeah. what happens." But you know what I mean? If you think yeah. about if you think about that, you can't just stay where you're at right now because Kelly's already admitted here on this forum that she can't, she just can't settle. She yeah. can't. I mean, she's always wanting performance. She wants growth. She wants perfection. She's a perfectionist. She wants to create excellence. And there's that's awesome way to live, to yeah. test yourself every day like that. More people should be like that of, of pushing themselves or, or people are get afraid to push the limits. Now, within pushing the limits in business... Do you keep hearing me say that? It's almost like I'm beatboxing. Can you beatbox rap, Grant? No. If you, hear me do not that. many people from Texas do that. The Ghetto Boys did. You remember that rap group from Houston? <laughs> but if you think about being stagnant or growth or pushing yourself in business, you have to do it in a way that is meticulous per se of saying, hey, we're not just going to jump into this because we can Yeah. And a lot of people are like, man, you guys make hunting equipment. You need to do this. I'm like, we have zero credibility in that. I have nothing. I can never tell anybody that. So you have to figure out a way to do the research, find mm-hmm. the right people, and surround yourself with the right team of creating that credibility. Because if you don't have credibility and then gain trust in the consumer base, all you're doing is, is selling a can of lies, right? You're just like trying to pull the wool over somebody. Like, yeah. hey, our bumpers are awesome. And at the same time, you could get this really awesome propeller hat over here that you could put two beer cans <laughs> on, whatever. That's what yeah. that's. So you got to stay authentic. Yep. You do. And that's why when you're coming up with product ideas, you're like, yeah. Yeah, that one makes sense. And then going back to our prior conversation a couple minutes ago is we got to say no to a lot of them because mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity is yeah, there. That's for sure. You can jump into a yeah, lot in a hurry. For sure. Especially, you know, uh, like we mentioned earlier, we do our own manufacturing um, and we have all of the equipment here. So we can we can pretty much build anything metal that you would ever draw or dream up. We can do it. And that is so hard because everybody will come to you with a product or an idea and want you to build it. And they don't understand why you tell them no. Um, And it doesn't take me very long to say no because I'm like, that's not going to work. Because we've done so many different things and we've tried so many different things. And um, you have to... You have to like reel yourself back in sometimes. Just because you have all the fancy tools and equipment doesn't mean you should make the product. You should make the product based on the demand for the product, not the idea. Um, you know, if the consumers are asking for it and people want it and, um, and there's a, you know, it serves a purpose or a function, you should definitely do it. Or if it improves the situation, you should definitely do it. But not just because it's a cool idea. There's a lot of cool ideas that never go anywhere. Um, so definitely um, we struggle with that. A lot of people come to us locally for, you know, prototypes and stuff like that. And so you just have to say no to, to a lot of stuff. Do you, it, it, it's harder, again, it's harder than it seems to do yeah. that because you're like, I don't want to make this person feel like their yeah. idea sucks. Yeah. 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 It's, that is hard. And it might not suck. It might just not be for you. Yeah. But, but there not. has to be a way to go to the next level because you yeah. are, your personality. Now, Grant's personality could be the same. He's a little bit more of the, uh, of, of the guy that's going to sit back and design kick-ass product and build kick-ass product. Kelly's more of like, hey, I got the, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're getting involved in marketing. And she's got Leah yeah. on her team now. And you guys are really announcing yourselves more and more on a daily presence on social media. Your guys' photography is awesome. I know how much pride you take in your 
photo shoots. And if you think about all of those little pieces that are going into that puzzle now, you guys aren't doing that in 2015, 16, 17, and 18, and now 19 to go backwards in 2020, 21, 22. So as entrepreneurs, yeah. you're sitting here going... Yeah, we do have, there is going to be other product. You've already talked about the new bumper series that you just launched at SEMA, which stands for? Fleet Truck, FT Series Fleet Okay, and what does SEMA stand for? Specialty Equipment Market Association. And the FT is Fleet Truck. Correct. And so this is going to be a specialty bumper or is this going to be a, is this going to be a one that is going to fit most spectrums? So we're actually launching this in a couple of different markets. We also earlier this year attended the uh, NATDA show, North American Trailer Dealers Association show. So a lot of the people that are in the trailer world, as you know, like I mentioned earlier with all the trailer companies locally, um, have a need for a bumper as well. They sell bumpers and a lot of those uh, people, a lot of their customers that they service are fleet, um, have a, you know, a line of fleet trucks. So we're launching in that market and we're launching uh, or, and we just recently launched at the SEMA show as well in Las Vegas, um, which, as you know, there's, a, you know, a vast number of different types of buyers and industries and and um, consumers that that whole market represents. Um, and then we also have, you know, the the hunting and fishing world as well. Um, you know, all of those guys have replacement bumpers on the front of their trucks. There are people who go out and use it. They push open gates to go into a field. Uh, they get stuck. They have to pull brush out of the way um, when they're, you know, uh, off in a forest or whatnot. So um, I think that that bumper being launched in various different types of markets is something that we've never really done before. We've always made a, a bumper and gone after a certain market. And I think that this bumper is a game changer because we can launch it in various different markets and it really does fit. Um, it's called the FT series, but it fits various different types of people who need that type of bumper. I like it. Have you seen the stuff that we do with them with the round bells up in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> it's an easy way to move round bells and we move a lot of them. Yeah, We've cleared a lot of them. Tyson's over there. He's been involved in a bunch of that. But so the FT series was launched at the, this, the, the NATO was, was NATA show. Nat, NATA. N-A-T-A? Uh-huh. N-A-T-D-A. Is that one in Vegas too? That one, uh, actually that show moves around this year. It was in St. Louis. Next year it's in Nashville and then it goes to Indy. So every three years it changes. Nice. That is that the, that trailer show is the equivalent of the SEMA show to the automotive market. So it's. So we did that one in September. Yeah. On our 10-year anniversary, we did that show. We spent our 10-year anniversary at a trade show. Romantic. That's how dedicated we are. In St. Louis? In St. Louis. Where'd you go to dinner? hotel? Jesus, Grant. Grant, you're from Texas. I know. I expect more out of this. Yeah. She yeah. grabs you and just shakes her head. I think I had a burger. You were, you were exhausted, I bet, we huh? We were. We yeah. had tired. a burger at the restaurant for our, I believe that was the night that we went out. I can't even remember. Yeah, I can't remember. It, it's all a blur. You know, we were, we actually uh, went, went just the two of us. We had a, like a little small booth. We know this is our first year at the night to show and, and we just were we wanted to test the waters and see what it's all about before we uh, did but anything it, next year. So, but it was your ten-year wedding anniversary. It was. It was. And that was a has heck it of a gone by spending. fast. It has. Any it regrets? Has. Um, I wish we would have done things sooner and faster. We, it took us a long time to take that leap in business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell, I, I feel like I feel like had we done that, um, it would have definitely been harder, but um, I think we would have. So what are you talking about? Bringing on an investor and getting a little bit more money in the bank so you could do bigger things? No, we had that opportunity several different times, but that's just something that we always declined. We just always wanted to be self-made, um, self-owned, and we just wanted to 
that's just we just wanted to do it ourselves. Has this company and this brand and this this scheduling that you two have as a married couple? I mean, for God's sake, you can't even go to a nice dinner on your ten year anniversary. <laughs> I mean, has it made you guys older faster? Uh, yeah, it probably has. Yeah. Have you slowed down faster than most 35 and 40 year old American human beings would? Does business do that to you to where it just takes your energy and just sucks it out of you? Because like we said, you're just constantly doing it. Has it made you just like be like, hey, man, I don't I don't even want to be around people anymore. I just spent nine hours on the SEMA floor. My ankles hurt. These <laughs> floors suck. I'm tired of people talking to me. Uh, you know, has it taken it? Has it made you older and crankier faster? I'm not saying that I see that in you. I just know what I experience personal, like how much it means to be alone now and be quiet and be out in my little corner. Don't get me wrong. I love I love socializing. I love partying. I love doing all of those things that we, that bring a lot of network and people together, but has it made you older, faster? You think? I don't know about older, faster. I mean, I think a lot of it's just because we like doing what we do. You know, uh, I think if we were doing something else and and working the hours that we're working, you know, I think it probably would. Um, but I just love every minute of it. You do. Yeah. I see your face light up. What about what about the the logo? What about the brand? You love every minute of it. Now you get to the point to where you have the thought process that somebody would actually want to wear a shirt that has your your brand on it. Like you guys just wake up one day and go, I bet somebody would want to wear a shirt that has BG on it. How do, where does that take place to where now you guys are selling like merchandise of like this bumper company in Texas is becoming a brand that people want to that is making at, not just trucks look cooler now, but people wearing it. Yeah. We're going to get into badge caps and what that brand is doing, but yeah. you guys, you guys have a cool logo. You take a lot of pride in your photography. Like we talked about you building that image, building that culture, building that brand. Is that a big part of what you're doing? I know it's probably not a huge revenue maker, but talk about Kelly and marketing and branding, how important that evidence, evidence and logo is that brand awareness is that consistency and messaging is you have Leah Emerson on your team now that you guys are consistently mm-hmm. video you're coming up with ideas of getting the brand out there more um isn't it just word of mouth with bumpers to where some old cowboy in texas wears one on his dodge he's going to tell henry and he's going to put one on his gmc isn't it more word of mouth or do you have to stay up with the joneses and be on instagram and be on facebook and be on all you know all you know marketing and digital and print and everything yeah you definitely marketing is is a is a I think a strong suit of ours, but it's also a struggle. Uh, You talked about branding and you talked about the logo. I'm going to jump back to that. Um, That has been definitely something that we um, have taken a lot of pride in. We do have a trademarked, a registered trademark logo. Um, If you look at the um, spine of the bee, it is a bullet. Um, And a lot of our people are, a lot of our customers are in like the hunting, you know, industry and hunting market. Um, but we were trying to shorten the word bodyguard, which is what we originally came out with, which, which is what is on a lot of our apparel, bodyguard. We were trying to shorten that and just get a symbol. An icon. An icon or a symbol, yep. And so we shortened that to just a BG. Um, and, and that's only just been recently, I would say, within the past like maybe two years. So we're still trying to um, change that and get people to morph over into recognizing what BG is. Um, a lot of people still don't get that. Um, but also too, a lot of people didn't understand what bodyguard was either. They didn't, they didn't associate bodyguard with, uh, anything automotive. They thought that was something to do with fitness or, you know, uh, workout apparel or something. So, um, we were, that's the reason that we started taking that at, into the BG. Smart. Um, what, what, what is the logo consist of? 
What is the left side of the logo? So the left side is just a bullet. Um, Why? It, well, I'll let Grant tell you that. <laughs> so I guess just, uh, you know, always growing up around the, the hunting aspect of things, you know, um, not, I, I guess the logo's kind of evolved, you know, it, it obviously isn't the same logo, kind of like the bumpers aren't the same logo, or the, let me start over on that, I screwed that up royally. So uh, the logo has definitely changed a lot, just like the bumpers have changed over the years. Um, but I was just tinkering around one night on the computer and uh, thought, huh, ah, you know, maybe a bullet might fit there on, on the side of the bee. Maybe we could split that up. So uh, that's what happened. What caliber is it? I don't know. It's Come something on. I created. <laughs> really? <laughs> he literally drew it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not scared in today's society that that's going to turn people off seeing a, a bullet? I'm, I'm proud of it, actually. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I knew it was a bullet. It's my job to play the devil's advocate in some things, but yeah. I was wondering, like, I'll let Grant explain what the hell a bullet has to do with a bumper. Yeah. Are they bulletproof? Yeah, it could be. Something like that? Yeah. Our, um, our original logo, when it said bodyguard, actually the O in bodyguard was also the crosshairs on cross the target. Yeah. Um, so so you're, you're incorporating your upbringing, your culture, your passions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it seems kinda... to me like you need to put some bullhorns on there or something. <laughs> <laughs> we could do that, I guess. For how it started. Yeah. So branding and marketing, it's its its something that you guys seem to be doing it at a pace to where is it normal for the, this tra- the traditional bumper company, the traditional fabrication company? I don't know. I'm, uh, there, there are some new companies out there that are in the fabrication game that have their little niches, and they're doing a great job with it. You guys are one of them. You guys are building a a brand that is is could possibly be have a bigger reach than just the bumper market Mm -hmm. with that new bg logo and and what it stands for it looks cool it stands for something it's family-based it's american-made it's in texas why do you guys want to be the people that are national do you want to reach everybody out there is that what the goal is to where you want bodyguard bumper to become a household name or is it something to where you guys have an understanding that this is only a certain segment of society that is ever going to hear a bodyguard being in this little town in texas where i'm going with that kelly is like it's hard to get to become a household name. For sure. You're yeah. a little bumper company in Paris, Texas. Yeah. You've been in business 15 years. You have a new logo. You're family owned. You got 35 employees. You're kicking ass. You think anybody in Maine's ever heard of you? You think anybody <laughs> in Alaska or Anchorage has ever heard of you? I'm sure they have. Mm-hmm. And it's because of that marketing. It's because of yeah. that reach. It's because of that creativity, that ingenuity, that thinking outside the box, not afraid to take a risk, not afraid to put yourself out there and wear it, Right. It takes a lot of pride to have to be able to go. I'm going to wear this on my on my shirt every day. People are going to know me as Kelly Bodyguard. That's my last name, <laughs> yeah. Grant Bodyguard. Think about that. You're trying to get people in Alaska to wear your last name. If you think about the what you're trying to do, it's so difficult. Yeah. It truly is so difficult. And every day you're trying to knock off a little bit more and more of that. And then you get a little message like, man, I just want you guys to know I hit a deer last night in North Dakota coming out of Fargo. Hmm. And and, I, and if it wasn't for the bodyguard bumper, our family could have been in trouble. And that's what keeps you going. That's what makes yeah. you go, man. Yeah. Next, You know what I'm saying? Does it's, that happen? It's definitely cool to hear that. Um, we actually, it's funny you mentioned that. It's almost like you knew that this happened and you didn't. But uh, recently we had two different people people that emailed us within the past couple of months um two different people different parts one was in uh i think helena montana somewhere in montana uh and the other one was in texas but uh 
two different men, two different wrecks, two different scenarios who had been in accidents, um, head-on collisions or rollovers or whatever. Um, one guy actually, um, he walked away, but he ended up being paralyzed in a wheelchair. But he sent this, this really long, really nice email um, telling us how much he appreciated the product and how it saved his life. And because of our product, he was able to walk um, his daughter across stage and, um, you know, attend her graduation. And he would get to be at her wedding when she got married and stuff like that. So that's really cool. You know, you see stuff on Instagram, you see stuff in print catalog, and you see stuff at trade shows. And, you know, you're on all the cool trucks and everything. But when you have a human being send you an email and you know that your product affected them personally and also affects their family, um, that's of, really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. It, it, like, brings you back down. You're like, whoa, like, this is what we did. This is what the product did. And, um, and that and, shows you what the name means. It's not yeah. protecting the body of that car. It's right. protecting that human body. Yeah. It yeah, truly and, is. And when you can gain a customer for life and they can give that kind of testimonial, that's no written, you know, no paid media can get you that. That is that is a customer that will wear, they're going to be, he's going to be the guy wearing that shirt, you know, on his body every day and, and, and you know, flying the, the bodyguard flag. That's really cool. I love it. I freaking love it. I, I, I love success stories. That's why I like to sit down and talk. I think people are getting away from this. I mean, how, how often have you guys got to sit down and just have a 75-minute conversation about the stories you heard on email? I never heard anything about those emails, I promise. I'm just saying that yeah. that's the kind of emails that we get, and you're just like, we just had this, you know, this episode that was with St. Jude's and, and the Ronald McDonald House, and we got inundated with messages about firefighters saying you guys are what's good about life seeing this and what this hunting did for these kids and how therapeutic it was and the look on these kids faces knowing what they went through and what their mom and dad went through getting that diagnosis and you sit there and go we didn't do it for that we didn't we didn't you know sell that guy that bumper for him to send us an email he did that because he felt that they feel that way yeah. you're doing something right i don't want people to go rah 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 you guys you know look at us we're at st jude's today and i'm not doing that yeah. we just put it out there of like these stories deserve to be heard because hunting has opened up our ability and our network to tell these stories. We get to come to Paris and meet you guys because of a mallard duck, period. If it wasn't for ducks, we yeah. would never know you two. Not saying never, but because of hunting and our, and our love for ducks, and it's opened up all of these doors. Now, that's kind of generic to say, but it really is the truth. Of yeah. Ducks have opened up mm -hmm. all of these doors. Now, it might be bumpers for you. It might be baseball for another person. But right. if you take the time to sit down and learn somebody's story and talk to them, you're just like... That's why I'm in this. Yeah. That's why I'm in it is that I love success. I'm not going to get envious. When I walked in today, I'm like, good night. Good for you guys. <laughs> this is awesome. And then I heard the numbers you're doing as far as pieces sold per month. And I'm like, damn it. Rock on. Like, that's awesome. Like, if you don't have that attitude, then you're just going to close the door on yourself. I yeah. don't, you're not going to beat somebody up and think that, oh, this is going to do me better down the line. Karma's going to get your ass one day. <laughs> right. So I, I have the mindset of like, good for Grant, good for Kelly, good for all these employees. I heard it from Jose and the guys today, like good people. These guys are good people. I've been here 12 years I, and it, they'll do anything for it. I guarantee you tonight at midnight after the fish fry, you guys get a, a break down and break an axle or something. I guarantee you those guys would be out there to help you out at the drop of a, a phone call. So I, I think that that's what's so important to me is like the story behind it and why it is. You guys, a lot of people 
you know, might say, well, you know, Grant probably inherited a bunch of money and got to buy this property in the shop. That's not the case. He's sitting in that shop at 22 years old. And that is the reason why I wanted to tell the stories. That's what needs to be remembered because a lot of people will just assume a lot of people will just see the new Facebook or the new Instagram ad or the new picture and go, man, those guys, you know, they just, they just got lucky. No, they didn't. Yeah, we no, they didn't. They really, struggled. I'm really proud of us. You know, we've 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 struggled and we've worked to get everything that we have. You know, we didn't have any private investors and uh, you know, any venture capitalists or anything like that. We we literally blood, sweat and tears and self money put into it, um, to get where we are. I remember actually sitting my first desk and first chair, it was actually a boat seat, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> a plastic gray Walmart boat seat. Uh, and the, uh, it was welded to a disc blade that was turned over like upside down disc blade and then a bumper pipe that he had spare extra in the shop with a plastic boat seat screwed to it. That's where I started. There was no office. There was actually no computer when I came. No computer. So I remember the early days. You know, people walk in and they see these, you know, million dollars worth of equipment that we have here and all this, you know, property and acreage and stuff like that. And they think like, oh yeah, they're killing it. Like they, their family did all this and they didn't. Grant and I did this ourselves. Um, that's really cool. I'm really, really, really proud of that. And um, to be able to have an American company producing a 100% American made product is very rare nowadays. Um, and I'm super, super blessed and honored to be able to like lead this and provide all the jobs for the people that work here. That's awesome. Yeah. Don't just say yeah, Grant. Follow that up. Yeah, I like that. Kelly, Kelly is Kelly's very in love with you. She, she keeps looking at you like y'all are on your first date. <laughs> it's funny. That's it's, you. You just went. She I, is. Hey, we're on our first podcast, I guess. <laughs> she's, huh? o- she's only human. She's but only yeah, human. Uh, you know, she mentioned some of the equipment and the facilities, and how people think. Uh, you know, they did, this was just all handed to them and stuff. You know, we we started in a little farm shop. You know, with a welder. Uh, a plasma cutter and a grinder and you know a few odds and ends things and and it, uh just went from there bought a piece of equipment as we could afford it you know as we went along and um you know we definitely didn't start with all the million dollar equipment and uh, i'm glad we didn't you know i think it's better and made us stronger and uh appreciate things more that we started like we did and had to had to do it the the difficult you know the old-fashioned way but uh we've definitely learned a lot from that yeah the best best way but don't yeah that's why you know i'm saying again don't get away from that i'm probably not telling y'all anything that you don't know just don't forget to debrief once in a while and 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 just let her down take the foot off the gas yeah touch the brake a little bit and think about how cool that is about that 22 year old kid having your dad smash your truck and then you're sitting in that shop and then you're on a four-wheeler ride and then the next thing you know you're sitting here going holy shit look at our company christmas party yeah i mean this is unbelievable that is a cool badass story and that's why i wanted to tell it is that uh, you know you could sit here and talk about how awesome your bumper is but anybody could say that they make the best bumper yeah. the story is what makes that bumper so awesome now it is innovative and it is unbelievably built i'm not saying that but anybody can get on a microphone and say our bumper's the best because this this and this the story of bodyguard is the coolest part of it the culture of this business this family this relationship this marriage your employees everybody that walks through these doors every day and goes out those doors and gets home safely to their families with a smile on their face and a paycheck and a turkey on the table at thanksgiving and a ham on the table at christmas that's what body 
bodyguard's all about. That's what you stand up in front of that master's business class at a university and say, hey, I'm Kelly Mellico. This is my husband, Grant. We're entrepreneurs. And today we're here to talk about our spirit of being an entrepreneur and what it takes. And it's not just about what you see on Instagram and our trucks with the blue paint and the blue grill and the big wheels and the Chippendales dancer standing next to it. (laughs) That's not what this is always about all the time. This is about a 22-year-old kid that his dad said, hey, this truck, I need to protect these trucks a little bit more if we're going to be out doing this stuff. And the next thing you know, you're sending out hundreds of them a month. Good for you too. Yeah. I love it. We're, we're very, appreciate that. very appreciative for you to highlight our story and, and come down and check it out and kind of get the tour. I like it. We're, we're just getting started. I'm just getting started. <laughs> Damn it. Was it a long drive? <laughs> this is why you let Clay drive. How do I drive 28 hours? Why don't you let him drive? But 28 <laughs> hours across like five states and not hit one deer and put that bumper to work. I don't want to hit a deer, but I didn't even, I mean, I didn't even get a chance to You're put right. it to work. Yeah. That's a long drive. That's a long drive. I, I think that it's awesome. It's kudos to you guys. Keep it rocking. I'm proud to be partnered with it. I know Clay is the one that first met you guys. I'm proud that he found you guys or you guys found each other. We got to start talking, developing a friendship. And now here we are and we're working together. We're doing things that, you know, who knew three years ago that we would be doing this. It it could have very easily been that faucet could have been turned off and see you. But I think that opportunity meets right there when it's needed and and that you might create your own luck. But I think that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And I think that it shows our commitment to drive this far to come down here. I love the idea that we get to hunt while we're here, but it's cool being able to have pride walking in that building today and saying, man, look at this shit. And knowing that tomorrow we're going to go visit that shop where that first bumper was made and get a little tour of that place. It's (laughs) going to take seven seconds because it's a hundred square feet or however big it is. You know, it's going to be a lot smaller than this one, but that's, what's so cool about this story. And that's why I wanted to get involved in it because I have a huge amount of spirit and, 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 and pride in the entrepreneurial spirit of, of knowing that people can do this. It's not about getting on a keyboard and talking smack. If you want it, then freaking get up earlier, go to bed later, do sacrifice it. something and do it. Yeah. And if you don't want to do it, then, then go do what makes you happy. Go clock in and clock out and work for somebody and do the best that you possibly can do every day for that employer and take ownership in that brand and that business and kick ass on yeah. a daily basis and doors will open for you. But don't down somebody or say something that's rude or or degrading or insulting because somebody's making it. Don't assume things just because everybody looks happy in today's society on social media. There's a lot that goes into the bodyguard bumper story. There's a lot that we could sit here and talk about. We didn't get into the nights that you don't sleep. We didn't get into the nights where you cut your finger or you got that something happens when you're fabricating (laughs) something and it doesn't go the right way. There's a lot of things that have gone wrong in this business that I don't know about, but I guarantee you there are. (laughs) And we, everybody can take it upon themselves to find their own path. Things are going to go wrong. There's going to be speed bumps. There's going to be walls to go under or go over, go around them or bust through them. And you hear all those analogies all the time. It's up to the individual to set their path. And I think that the spirit inside some people is what gets a brand to this level and yeah. where it's going to be in five years. Who Can you believe in five years when I'm 31 and you guys are in your 50s that you guys are going to be? Maybe a podcast, but we do have cameras here. Yeah, so. So we are going to be able to tell. Clearly, I'm still 29. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but think about in five years at the Bodyguard Christmas party, what what's going to happen in the next 60 months. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah, It's awesome. So good for you guys. Thank you very much for everything. Thank you. I, I would really like to learn more. 
I love the bumpers. I feel safe with them. I love where it's going, the innovation. I can't wait to see everything that happens, like I said, in the next 60 months. And I'm proud to have them on the Foul Life, on all of our podcasts and a lot of our social media. It's a badass product, American-made. Seeing the employees work their asses off today was awesome. And they're all welcoming us with opening arms. It's just a cool, big Texas family. Yeah, we're proud to have you down. And I'm, I'm ready to show you some hunting with his family. Yeah. But first, where are we going this evening? Uh, this evening, we are going to the Fish Fry, which is a local establishment, local restaurant that's been here, gosh, I don't even know how many years and years. It's kind of the place to go locally. Yeah, probably 30 years or more. It's yeah. called the Fish Fry. It's called the, the Fish Fry. Owned by, owned by, by uh, Gary Enzi. Gary Enzi. Gary yeah. Paris, Texas. Paris, Texas. Yeah. Now, is this actual fish that gets dropped in grease with breading on it and fried, or it's a whole menu? The restaurant's they, just called the Fish Fry. They've got a whole menu. They, you know, obviously, they specialize in uh, in fish. You know, you can do uh, all-you-can-eat catfish plate. You can do, uh, you know, baked catfish, but they have the best steaks in town. Really? Yeah. So what are you going to order tonight? I don't know. I'm going to wait till till Filet. we get there probably. I'm going to probably have a steak. And tomorrow Filet. we're doing the Traeger cookout. We're yep. going to do ribeyes, mallard yep. duck, pintail duck, macaroni and cheese, asparagus, and peach cobbler all cooked on the Traeger. That sounds awesome. So that's that gonna sounds be awesome. awesome. And then Thursday, we're going to this 170, 107? 107. 107. Yep. Uh-huh. And yeah. that's a beer garden and restaurant, uh-huh. locally yep. owned. Locally owned and operated uh, by, by a guy named John Bratcher. Uh-huh. And uh, 107 is the actual address, 107 Grand Avenue. And so the restaurant is called 107. In Paris. So, yeah. And it actually, they just recently put a roof on, but it was actually an open air uh, place. There's a there's a little bit of a roof on it now, but it's kind of like an open air atmosphere, live band. Um so awesome food. So yeah, we'll take you there on Thursday. Awesome. Love it. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast with Grant and Kelly Mellicote, Bodyguard Bumpers, Paris, Texas. What a story. I'm proud to be partnered with them. I know my brother Clay and Clint are proud to be partnered with them. We love having them on all of our rigs. All of your needs for your GMC, your Chevy, your Ford, your Dodge, and your Jeep, the accessories, your step rails, your side steps, your bumpers front and rear. Check them out at bodyguardbumpers.com. Safety, security, innovation, practicality. If you're in the market for an aftermarket bumper, you don't have to look any further. Bodyguardbumpers.com. That's who's brought us this episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. New episodes of The Foul Life airing right now on the Outdoor Channel. Thank you guys so much for the support of our TV show. And brand new merchandise is available right now at the foullife.com store, as well as new duck call designs and apparel at jargongamecalls.com. I'm Chad Belding, your host for Grant and Kelly Mellico at Bodyguard Bumpers again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Tom Rashashin, do me a huge favor. Hit that button. Leith Lofton, a.k.a. Haas. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Thank you all very much. Life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?